Welcome back to another episode of Catch Some Z's, everyone. I'm very excited today. I have a very special guest this season, my friend Cassidy Murphy. Some of you may know her, some of you may not, but Cass, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Honored that you asked me to be on. Oh, of course. So before we get in, Cass, do you mind telling the folks a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, what you like? Yeah, I'll give you a little a little elevator pitch. Oh, uh, my name's Cassidy. I am 24 years old. I'm from New Jersey, and I recently relocated to uh, Los Angeles after living in New York for two years. Um, I went to University of New Haven for undergrad, and then um, directly after I went to NYU for grad school. Um, so now I have two degrees in music business and I've kind of known that I want to do music business forever and that's kind of what I'm doing now. I um, uh, I helped start a record label um, and I'm A&Ring there and I also manage a few people so I'm kind of kind of all over the place um, and I'm recently I've recently been asked to tour manage so I'm going to do that in the fall so kind of kind of hand in multiple pots type situation, um, but exciting, all exciting music business stuff. That is really exciting. Thank you, Cassidy. Um, for those of you, again, who don't know, Cassidy actually has clients who have been to space. So that's pretty interesting <laughs> and just kind of a testament to her, her power, her clout, her finesse. So NASA, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, for those of you who may be tuning in, not from the beginning of this show and specifically this season. This season's theme is Back to Basics and we're exploring all of the things that we wanted to do um, when we were children, who we are essentially at our cores and how we can get back to that. And so I'm excited to have Cassidy because Cassidy and I did go to school together and you know we have similar interests. Um, I've spoken to some of you about you know my interest in entertainment as well. And uh, Cassidy and I actually got to have like a really solid conversation a few months ago just about you know following our dreams and also kind of taking i guess leaps of faith into unknown situations and making it happen so i'm gonna ask you some questions cassidy and for the audience this is going to kind of frame uh just the conversation we've been having so um let's get into it yeah so cass you mentioned you know you've always wanted to do music business you know, is so at, you know, seven years old or whatever, like, was that the plan? Was that your dream? Or like, did you want to be an astronaut or something like that? What was going on in your mind? Back then? When I was like seven or eight, I think like everything was kind of on the table. You know, I think most kids go through that, like, because they love animals. Um, uh, I, I wanted to be a teacher because like my mom is a, a special education teacher. Um, for like, I wanted to do that for like literally 30 seconds. And then, <laughs> um, 
my older cousin who I looked up to is, um, she's a psychologist. So I was like, I want to do that, but really not knowing like anything about any of these, these like fields. Um, but then I think around like 13 or 14, I was like, oh, music business, that's a job. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Um, and uh, I think my parents were like, what is this kid talking about? <laughs> um, but like music was always kind of just like a constant in my life. And it didn't like dawn on me until, you know, my early teenhood that I was like, oh, I can do this. But my affinity for music started when I was probably like four or five. Mm -hmm. I remember my dad would drive around and we would just spend hours in the car and he would just play all of his like old classic music and he would like quiz me. And then those quizzes oh, like literally became like, like they were fun in the moment, but like I was just, like learning about music. Like, oh, this is the Beatles. It was on this album, like that came out in this year. Like the Beach Boys, like, prince queen like every every like huge pillar artist like my dad introduced me to um and then when i was 14 i keep saying that like 13 14 whatever i went to a justin bieber concert because i loved him Beans, of course yes Beans, of course um and i was kind of like oh my god like all these people here are like literally working for him. Like, this is something that I could do. Like, this is something I could aspire to do. And um, my my love for like live music started then. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents also kind of like, they kind of like let me do my thing, which honestly is super admirable of them. They were just like, we, we kind of made um, some sort of agreement that like, okay, Cassidy, you can go to any show you want. You have to pay for the ticket um you have to make sure your homework is done you have to go to school the next day no matter how late you get home um and we'll take you there but like those are the rules like as long as it doesn't interfere with your like academics then like do your thing and so all, all through high school i was just like taking trips to the city like twice or three times a week and <laughs> um just like going to shows that i was probably too young to get into asking my mom to like come in with me <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I think I was really lucky enough to like recognize at like like a really young age uh that I I just like had a path and I kind of like followed through with it which is insane to me that like I'm listening to like my child self say like Cassidy you want to do this do it and I'm doing it um it feels it feels right. I don't think that there was like a backup option. I think that this was always going to be it. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I, I know that I'm lucky that I knew this. I feel like a lot of people kind of get lost on the way and don't, mm. maybe don't even have the privilege to do the things that they want to do, which is so sad. Um, and I think I just, I'm really lucky enough to do exactly what I want to do. Yeah. That's a great story. I love that, you know, most folks think about what high school age kids trying to do, like literally all of the things that they're not supposed to be in cast is making agreements to go see like, you know, just artists in the city because it feels good. <laughs> I'm like literally um, negotiating with my parents in our living room. Like, <laughs> this is what I want to do with my life. Like, you have to let me go to these shows. And my parents are like, what are you like, literally, what are you talking about? You want to be an A&R? Like, what even is an A&R? <laughs> 
and I'm like explaining to them at 14 like who Scooter Braun is, <laughs> who I don't want to be anymore. He kind of whatever. We won't get into it, but you know, Scooter Braun. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I totally feel that, but it's it, I think it's good, right? So like have even at an arm's length, I guess, like kind of just the stories of people to kind of like, I guess, base things off of. Like, I know for me, I'm very much, uh, I don't limit myself, but, you know, I'll have a vision of something or I'll let my imagination run wild, but it like, there's still like barriers and not self-imposed, but it's just because I just haven't thought that broadly. So then to see someone doing something that I thought of, but maybe a little bit more to the left, I'm like, oh man, I didn't even realize that that was like an option great um so you know i i, yeah, I get I, the value of that i feel like you don't you don't even know your options until like you see like other people doing these things like yeah. literally who knew that there's like an entire business behind your favorite artists like right. i mean people know but like what to what extent like how like how much like i do in uh, like my daily life that contributes to what people are actually consuming it's just so yeah. so crazy um, and I also like it because it's, you know, like, I mean, I, I, some people joke, right? Like, oh, I just want to feel something or, or I just want to be a part of something. But like, that's that's literally, you know, what you're doing and what so much of that industry is like, you know, the artist itself is it's a significant portion, but there is so much work that is happening behind the scenes that people do not see um, that help, you know, get us to where the point of consumption. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I just like, it's so it's so interesting. I feel like the the entertainment industry like is so uh, contingent upon like networking and like talking to people. And like the more mm -hmm. you talk to people, like I feel like it's split so evenly. Of like, there's a sector of people who are like, I have known that I've wanted to do this forever. I love music. I like would die for music. I've been to three billion concerts. Like this is my entire life, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm -hmm. And then there's like another sector of people who are like oh i kind of just you know fell into it right <laughs> it's just like it's just so interesting to see like it, it's i feel like it's literally split 50 50 and then that 50 percent of the time that we're meeting like these people who are like oh you know like music's cool <laughs> you're like wait what like that's it's just so crazy sounds like it and I guess for the listeners who not even for the listeners I, i'm hoping the listeners are kind of listening to this in a in a thoughtful way, but also like, I know I'm kind of approaching this from again, like my eight year old perspective. And so what you've just described to me, Cassidy, kind of sounds like a dream job, essentially more or less. Um, and obviously because I'm an adult, I know that, you know, things aren't always as they appear, but like, you know, you mentioned you are someone who has been in love with music and is connected with it in such special ways. And now this is what you're doing. Would you consider what you're doing now, like your dream job? um i mean like yeah in some capacity it, it, it is it is like everything that i've like wanted to do forever like i think that you know when you're when you're preparing yourself to like enter into like any field you kind of have this like like uncertain idea of what it's actually going to be like and i feel like that idea in my head was like i don't really care what i'm doing i just want to be as close to the creatives as possible mm -hmm. um, without being the creative. Like I want to be a part of the creative process. Like I love like, 
like listening to the music and finding the singles and and like finding the best visuals to to showcase that that music and and like I feel like that's that's kind of what I'm doing now like it it is a dream and um don't don't think that like it's like all like rainbows and butterflies you know like mm-hmm. right. it's it's definitely like it's definitely a difficult job in in every stretch of the the imagination like music is such a personal thing and I think that's something that I wasn't really prepared for that like my personal life my social life my work life like it's all kind of muddled into one Mm. Um, but like I love it I love the people I work with I love the people I surround myself with and like I think that this is my dream job for like this this stage you know like I never want to like hinder myself from achieving more and going going harder and deeper into like whatever the music industry has to offer me. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, like I'm achieving my goals like right now. And I think that there's so much more to, to come with that. Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know, like, I want to say like my, whatever, my ideal like position, but like, I don't even know. I think I'm open to anything at this point. Okay. I I do know what you mean. And that was kind of going to be my next question for you. Like, you know, if you if you do consider this, at least your current dream job, does the dreaming continue? Does it stop? What does that look like? But you, you, it, you touched on it that. It never stops. It never stops. I think, like, with something that's so, like, fast-paced as, like, the entertainment industry is, like, you have to, you always have to keep moving. You always have to be ahead. And you always have to, like, keep striving for, like, what's next and, like, kind of be ahead of the curve. And I, I like... I think with that comes like an understanding of like what I want will change. And like, that's kind of exciting. Cause like, I don't know what my life looks like in the next like five years, like who's to say, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's um, I don't even know what my life looks like in the next month. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, feel like I feel like every day is like a new task that I'm completing. So, I, and I like that. I like that like sporadic thing of like, you know, I might need to drive an hour and a half to go get props for a a music video. And like, that's exciting. Like that I'm like kind of all over the place and doing whatever I need to do to like contribute to the like creative process. Like that's so exciting to me. Yeah, it sounds exciting. And again, for the listeners, well not again, but um, you're gonna hear me agreeing a lot with Cassidy, um, partly because we're both Scorpios. Um, partly because we are both ENFJs on the Myers-Briggs. So... Yeah, we're both main characters. It's like... It's just, you know, thanks for coming to our show. Um, So, okay. Thank you for that, Cass. And then, um, I guess, can you talk a little bit about, like, what... Or a little bit more about what, if any, significant events in your life kind of put you on this path that you're currently on? Oh yeah. I mean, like, like, like I was saying before, I think like every, every like little piece of my life kind of led me to like where I am now, mm-hmm. like, like not to go off on a tangent, but like, I think everything no, the way that it's supposed to. And like, you know, the good comes with the bad and, and whatnot, like everything, every decision, everything that I've like done in the course of my 24 years of has led me here and it's like been I don't know 
sick. I'm like happy I'm here, obviously. Um, um, but back to what I was saying. Um, wait, what was I saying? I don't even know. <laughs> um, any significant events from your yes, life? That yeah, I mean, like my dad, my dad, like obviously introducing me to to music early on, going to shows like every second I could. Um, I think like. So I went to the University of New Haven and it was great for what it was. Like I was happy. I think I made the right decision in terms of like like going there. But I think after graduation or not even after graduation, like approaching graduation, I was kind of like, I don't think that I can do what I want with a degree I have. I don't think I can like climb the ladder in a, like a sensible way that would get me to where I want to be within like whatever timeline. Um, and so I decided to get my master's and I think like that was like a really pivotal decision in like where I am, not because of like the curriculum or, or anything there. I think it was simply because like I met, um, my friend, his name is Ely Rizk. He's a, um, he's a producer and songwriter and also is like the CEO of Good Boy. He, um, he and I just like connected and we like hung out every day after class. And I think we like really bonded over like this understanding that the entertainment industry as it stands is like not, it just doesn't fly with us. There's, it's just like, I don't know, exploiting artists and like doing things that are just, I don't know, irrational and immoral and unfair. And like, there is, like a new standard to be set and like we kind of wanted to like tag team that I guess I I mean like it was kind of just like an open discussion of like it's really messed up that like songwriters don't get paid the same way producers get paid and artists don't own their masters and like they're getting these crazy deals that that they're unable to recoup and then they never see royalties and like everything is just like exploitative by nature and it's just there has to be a way in which like the artist and the business can be like profitable and without like hurting one another you know what i mean yeah um and i think like with that came like the early discussions of like good boy which is my record label and like what it was going to become and i think like yeah i think that that decision of going to grad school, meeting Ely, and then starting Good Boy, like, it led me to LA, it led me to, like, my entire friend group, like, everything that is in my life right now is literally because of that, you know, um, but, yeah, I think, I think, um, he, he opened my eyes to a lot of things that were happening with artists and writers and producers that he knows firsthand because he is one mm -hmm. and things that I wouldn't have even taken into consideration because I'm just like on the business side. And I think I was just able to see a new perspective of like, I don't know, industry standards that need some, some adjusting in my mind, you know? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kaz. So I, I feel like I'm just like going off on on tangents and being like vague, but I just have so much to say. 
No, tangents are encouraged here at Catch and G's podcast um, <laughs> because it's important, right? You know, like I have been talking to a lot of recent graduates or uh, at the time they were about to graduate. And, you know, a lot of them, like many of us, right, were under the impression that they were supposed to have everything figured out by the time they left and, you know, a solid six month, two year, five year plan when, you know, many of them were approaching graduation with degrees that they no longer connected to. Um, you know, or their passions have shifted and their their focuses have adjusted or they just simply were kind of like, I literally don't know what's next because I don't know what I want to do next. And, you know, it sounds like at least for you, when you decided to go to grad school, you know, like you made that choice based off of how you were feeling. Um, I think it's so important that you were able to say, you know, I think I need a little bit more um, in order to make what I want to happen happen. And you right. found a reasonable way of accomplishing that. And sometimes even making that decision or even acknowledging that is a difficult thing to do just because you kind of don't even know where to start, you know? Like we've, we've both been through <laughs> uh, two levels of a graduation season, right? And you know, there's a lot of pressure just inherently in that space. Yeah. Um, and that's amplified when you have no clue what's, what's gonna happen next. So it sounds like, you know, your decision definitely was kind of like a chain effect. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I also I also want to say, like, I think that I'm saying a lot of things that have like that are in the vein of like I've known forever what I wanted to do and I had a plan and I stuck to it. But I want to make it clear that like though I had like a semblance of like a plan and an idea of what I wanted to do, like I strayed from the the path that I had originally like like planned for myself, you know, like the, I never had intentions to to move to LA. I I wanted to start a record label, but I didn't think that like I had the power or tools to do that so early on, and I didn't anticipate to do any of that like in this like phase of my career. Like like there were there were a lot of like big question marks, and I feel like I, I mean even even deciding to to go to grad school like. I put myself in the hole, like in terms of like debt, like I am six figures in debt specifically because of grad school, you know, like mm. I, I didn't necessarily plan to do that. I like, you know, it was kind of a, a, a quick decision. Like I, I looked into the program years before, but I didn't think that I was going to need it to facilitate my career. Um, I, so like, even if you like don't have it figured out, like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like every, every decision that you make leads you to the next thing. And like, kind of, it's okay to like, let life kind of guide you rather than you make every single decision for yourself. Like, it's okay if you don't have all the answers. Also, we're still so young, like who has all the answers at this point? Like, no one. Right. You know, that's super important. And I have to keep reminding myself that as well. Um, and thank you for, I guess, kind of clarifying. So I want to know now, you know, when you were, let's say two years ago this time, you know, you said that this wasn't what you planned on doing. Like what, what in your mind did you think that you'd be up to two years later? So let's say it's June, 2019. Where did you think Cassidy would be two years from then? I was 100% thinking that I was going to be living in New York, um, which makes sense. Like I'm born and raised in New Jersey. Like I'm an East coast bitch through and through, you know, <laughs> I thought I was going to stay there forever. And it made sense. And like, 
um, I thought that I thought that I was going to be working at um, a major label. Um, I thought that I was going to probably work out uh, work at some sort of like I don't know like assistant A and R role where like I wasn't actually A and Ring and I was like I like accepted the fact that I'd probably have to like work my way up, start off at the bottom and and slowly get to the top. Um, but like over the course of however many years that kind of thing takes. Um, and I, I, I was just like sure that that was going to be the plan for me. And then from there, whatever, 15 years down the line, I could leave and start my own record label with the like morals and ethics that I so strongly believe in um, that a lot of major labels don't have. Um, and, you know, ri ride that out. Like, I, I just thought it was just going to take me a while to get where I wanted to be and, like, accepted the fact that, like, I was probably going to be, like, not satisfied and, like, mm -hmm. just have to do what I had to do to get where I wanted to be and it would take a minute. But, yeah, definitely I didn't think L.A. was in the cards. <laughs> um, it was, it, I just, like, I kind of remember, like, talking to my dad and I was like kind of like getting teary-eyed like it was probably like February of 2020 where I was like graduation is approaching I don't really know what I'm doing and I was like what if my life takes me to LA like it seems like there are a lot of opportunities there and like my dad was like then you go to LA and then like it was in that moment where I was like I'm probably gonna move to LA like <laughs> I didn't even think about it beforehand. And I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just never saw it for myself, but I'm happy I'm here. And now right? I'm kind of just like literally letting life kind of make the rest of the decisions for me. Like I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> I actually just talked about this with my therapist. Um, go to therapy, everyone. It rocks. Retweet. Um, but I was like, I never saw myself as a manager specifically because I know I have a lot of like qualities that can be taken advantage of. And I was like, I never want to be someone's babysitter and like have this expectation that I'm going to babysit them, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then I became a manager and I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I like didn't anticipate to do it because I was like against it for whatever reason was in my head. Um, but now I'm doing it and I'm kind of like, and I'm doing it for more than one person. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind mm -hmm. of just, like figuring it out. Like I never, I don't, I didn't even know what a manager's job entailed. And like, here I am just like kind of figuring it out as I go. And like, that's okay. And I accepted this tour management position and I'm like, naughty, like not even sure <laughs> what that entails. I'm like, trying to figure it out and like that's okay too i think like i'm just i'm just figuring it out like we all are you know that's, that's all you can do exactly um, so a couple things to anyone anybody listening who has also gotten teary dyed as they were approaching graduation um raise your hand because same um raising my hand <laughs> And then the other thing is, you know, yeah, so you said that you, you had a, a kind of more of like a 15, 20 year plan. So I guess like, 
I just like, what is it like to have that shit just like fast tracked then suddenly, like even like without you having planned it, like what, 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 what happens? You know what I mean? Like what, what does that even feel like in your head, in your heart? Where now suddenly, oh, I didn't have to wait 15 years to do what I wanted to do. I'm doing it now and I'm creating like my own rules around it. I I think that there's just like a lot of like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of imposter syndrome that comes with this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know. I, I did I did I work hard enough to get where I am? Am I even like in a position that like is good? Like. I don't even know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know if I'm like doing the right things or like how that is being perceived. And like, there's a lot of like questions that are around, am I actually successful? Am I actually on the right path? Am I rushing it? Like, am I doing it the way that I wanted it to happen? Like, um, but then I like sit back and remind myself, like, you did work hard. Like you did, you, you, you did know what you wanted and you did like complete those tasks and you had however many internships and kind of, you know, worked your ass off through however many classes and extracurriculars and yada, yada, yada. Like I did, I did work to get here. Um, um, But I think because I got to this place, which by the way is like, like, I truly mean, like, I don't, I don't think, I, I think that, another tangent, I think that, like, social media gives this perception that, like, maybe I'm doing better than I am, and I'm totally not, like, I'm totally just, like, like, trying my best, and, like, you know, I'm, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself, like, successful, are you kidding, like, I'm struggling to pay my rent, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am trying my best and I think that because I got to this this place a little earlier than I had anticipated I think I just have a lot more wiggle room in terms of like where I can go um there are so many options on the table for me to like grow and do things that I probably never even anticipated which that in itself is kind of exciting because Mm. you know as good as that like whatever 15 year plan sounds like I don't know. I feel like it's almost it's almost like hard to enjoy the moments that you're you're in. Not to sound like fake deep, but like you're always like, okay, I'm doing this thing right now so I can get to the next thing, so I can do that other thing that like will lead to this. Like because I'm here now, I can kind of like live in the moment and then figure out what's next as I go, not like plan it out like 10 years in advance like i don't know i think that's something that i'm like like slowly teaching myself to like it's okay to not it's okay to not have it all figured out like Mm. and it's okay to like i really i feel like i really took a risk in in doing the things that i'm doing like because there really was no like concrete plan like there was no like yeah you're gonna get like a massive salary and great benefits and a cushy office and like there was none of that i was just kind of like all right like let's try it out and if i if it's not a viable option then i move back like whatever and i think like i don't know taking taking risks and like kind of like listening to like what your like heart is like telling you to do 
was kind of like the best thing I could have done. Um, not to be fake deep, but you know. <laughs> I don't think that's fake deep at all. Like that's one of my catchphrases now. People ask me, oh, what should I do? Follow your heart, man. Just because I, you know, and I've talked about it on, on this platform a bunch too. Like I stopped being as frustrated with life as I had previously been once I started just, again, following my heart, doing whatever was speaking to me. And, you know, like you, yeah. there was a time uh, when I was, same same like you, um, I <laughs> got teary-eyed with my, not, no, not teary-eyed, I fell out bald um, because it was senior year, first semester was done, I was home for the holiday break and really had no plan, like didn't know what was gonna happen. and. My mom casually, not even like in an, in, an, in an antagonistic way, she's just like, hey, like, what do you, you know, what's what's up for when you graduate? And I literally started crying immediately on the couch. And she's like, what is happening? And I'm like, I, I don't I, I don't know. And I've been thinking about it this whole time. And I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't have any money. And I don't have a job. And I was just like, like, what is going on? Um, and then after that, I guess I had to get that out of my system because that's when I just kind of started doing things. I literally started the next semester kind of like with an attitude, but like an empowering one. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to make any money and if I can't do this, then I'm going to do all of these other things. And literally all of those other things then led me to grad school, led me to some part-time work, which then led to some full-time work, which then led to some other opportunities. And one thing led to another and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it wasn't until I just kind of let myself do what I wanted to do and stopped yeah, putting myself in like boxes, I guess. Um, that's when things started working out. So I feel you. Yeah. yeah, you just, I feel like, I don't know, you're happiest when you're kind of like doing the things that you want to do. And I, I, feel, I feel like, like almost as if the risks feel like less risky because you're mm -hmm. just in it and you're like, okay, like, I love music, like, maybe I should do this thing. And like, let's just see where it takes me, rather than like having this concrete plan that you can't even fucking enjoy. Like, right. I mean, that that's like, and I think I think that's where I was struggling there. Like, I had this concrete plan. And then at some point, I'm like, I'm doing all these things. But like, what? You have, I feel like, you know what? You just have to remind yourself why. I'm like, oh, because I fucking love music. Like I love <laughs> music with everything I have. Like, this is all I want to do. Like, and then because you, it's just like a, a reframing of like, okay, I, I love this thing rather than like focusing on my definition of like concrete success. What can I do to facilitate my love for this thing? Like, and then you gotta risk it to get the biscuit, you know, like, okay, I'm just gonna try this thing. Who knows where it might take me, but why not? Like, I'm young, there are no strings attached to like anything I'm doing. I am lucky enough to have like super loving parents who established that I could do what I want, like from a young age, like they were like, okay, you wanna do this? Like go to your concerts, like we support you. And I think like that foundation allowed me to be like, all right, why not? Like, I love this thing. Let's do it. Um, and I think that's so important. I was talking to another artist that I, I know and um, his father was actually like 
kind of like his biggest champion. And just in my personal experience, um, especially with young men, um, young black boys in particular, you know, those who do want to pursue, you know, hip hop or just really music as their, you know, livelihood, you don't always see a lot of um, outward support, I guess, kind of in that space. So I was, it was really refreshing because his dad was like, you know, this is what he does. And, you know, it not only gives him an outlet, but it also connects him with his community and things like that. And I just, it was really nice to see that. So, you know, I think really just creatives in general, you know, if unless you have parents or family members who are creatives themselves, you know, their question is usually about, you know, what are you doing to make yourself money and to support yourself? You know, like, why are you support or why are you trying to follow these super hippie dreams? You know, like, so it's, it's good to hear that, you know, parents are, 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 are supportive in that, in that sense. That yeah, you and I think, that. I think maybe there's like a shift like that's happening, like maybe like generationally where like our, our grandparents, like there was obviously like whatever social norms of mother staying home, dad working. And then that the next generation, which is our parents, like our parents worked to provide and make sure that they were able to provide and not necessarily doing things that like made them happy. Mm-hmm. And I think like my parents are, um, I don't know, like they, they understand that, that kind of thing and, and wanted to make sure that I was able to do something that I, loved like they they always instilled that in me like my dad worked on the stock market for so long and i remember like as a child him complaining that he didn't want to go to work like he didn't enjoy it and he was doing it to to like provide you know like Mm -hmm. and he i think he always secretly wanted to do something in the creative field like he like he loves music like he's an amazing drummer um he was just surrounded by music at a young age so I think he's like living vicariously through me because like this was something that he probably like wanted to do but like didn't have the means to do it so I guess like there's I don't know again there's like a a shift so hopefully like the next generation like my children our children like will will have that like instilled in them and if not more like that they are able to pursue their dreams you know yeah not to be corny but like that's I, I i think it's a thing but that's what it's all about i forget i i just well i saw this quote like somewhere in the last six months um it might have been john adams some one of the founding fathers or something like that he it went something to the effect of you know i study war and politics so that my son can study commerce and economics and so that his son can study music and art um and i i I like that because that's basically what you said but you said it better um he said it in a way more concise way so maybe he said it better well (laughs) uh, potato tomato but (laughs) (laughs) um i you know it's it's important i definitely think for you know that foundation um and that, yeah, that definitely playing a critical role. And I also really like, you know, how you also brought up, um, I guess, like social media and, you know, people can be, people are are in a better position to make assumptions about other people's lives based off of the very limited information we provide. Um, like, I think that's very crucial because another, I guess, stereotype of, you know, being a creative or creative adjacent is that, you know, 
there's there's two sides of it, right? It's either like you're a starving artist and or you're a glitzy glam, you know, celebrity person and you don't have to all you do is wake up and, you know, stroke a paintbrush or just sing a song and you make millions. Um, and, you know, that, I mean, for some people, sure, but it's probably not like the majority case. Just like uh, not the reality of the situation, <laughs> like for right. most cases, like right. money moves super slow in the industry. There's money to be made, obviously, because we see like whatever these top 40 artists, we see these like scooter bronze of the world who are making like hundreds of millions on catalogs and whatever there's there's money in the industry for sure but like for the most part like people are struggling like it's like not <laughs> i don't know it's i live i live with an artist and i live with a producer and like you know it's like a i feel like it's a paycheck to paycheck thing you know like mm -hmm. and there's there's no way of knowing like how much they're gonna get at any given time. They're like, and I mean, same with me. I'm like, like salaries and like benefits and stuff are like few and far between in this industry because it's like super freelance culture. So, I mean, like you can literally go on social media and see all these like industry people and up and coming artists and their lives look so like perfect and it's just not real. It's just not real. Um, and I feel like, I feel like I pride myself on, on social media and I like, I try to showcase my life as, as real as it, as it is. But like, even, even still, like, I think I'm like, I'm, I have in my Instagram, like open on my phone right now and I'm looking at it and my life looks like beautiful. And like, I feel lucky to like showcase these things, but like what people don't know is like, in the last month I had a crazy mental health crisis. Like that shit happens all the time. Like uh, social media is fake. End of rant. <laughs> Point blank period. Thanks. Point blank period. <laughs> like don't, don't let like the things that you're like seeing by your peers, like get you down. Uh, if anything, um, it should serve as some sort of um, motivation to be like, inspired by the people around you like we've come from the same place we went to the same school we are from the same hometown whatever whatever the criteria is like if they can do it like why can't i do it um right um but yeah motivation rather than their life is perfect and mine's not and mm. like i don't deserve the things that they have and whatever spiral social media can get you in um but yeah <laughs> That's no, that's an incredibly important point. And I feel like you can't say it enough, right? I feel like, you know, people have been talking about that for the last couple of years, you know, like, don't believe everything you see. And it's like, yes, but it's still very much people needing to really stick it in there and like, you know, understand that. Um, I feel so. like conversations about social media in the last few years specifically have been around like, like people being beautiful and their like physical appearance and like, their bodies being perfect, et cetera. And like less about the the mundane people that you like know in your everyday life. And you know what you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I feel like the conversations have been centered around actual like influencers, which is an entirely different rant that I could go on. But right. like social media is the 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 real problems, not the real problems, not saying that like the other stuff is less than but like 
the problems that aren't spoken about are like, it's literally just people in your life that you know in passing, went to high school with, went to college with, whatever, like showcasing their lives and making them look perfect. Like social media is a highlight reel. It's not, you're not seeing me having a panic attack. You're not seeing, you're not seeing that kind of stuff. Like I'm not sure, nobody's showcasing that. Right. You know? um, yeah. Okay. So I lied. It wasn't the end of rant. This is the end of my rant. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the show folks. Thanks for t- No, um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it's, it's, an, it's important. And, you know, the, the other end of it, I think is like, this is also a conversation that's been kind of popping up, but the, I, I don't even want to say the institution of social media, but I'm going to, like it, it makes it difficult to kind of have an authentic conversation like that on those platforms because, you know, sometimes people are really covert and you don't know how that's being commodified. And it's like, are you really talking about what it's like to have a panic attack? Or is this just a secret way for you to get more ad dollars? You know, like, oh my um, God. <laughs> you know? Are, do you really have like a mental health diagnosis or are you just like saying this to be relatable? Like, yeah. How many Google searches can you probably do and like understand what a panic attack feels like that in a way that you can like showcase that you like have had it, you know what I, it, it right. might not be real, you know, but right. yeah, I hear you. I hear and, you. And that's, and that's spooky, but I, I like to think that this is a safe space. Uh, we can have these conversations for real, for real. So like I said, yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, <clears throat> so so, I, as much as I look like I have my life together, you know, I'm, I don't, it's like, fine. No, none of us do. And that's fine. And exactly. don't, don't feel bad if you don't, because it's unrealistic too, especially at this phase of our lives when we're just figuring it out. Like, right. We're in our early twenties, like whatever. Almost in our mid twenties cast. Okay. Relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> Just, just saying. Uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to sit with that realization a couple months ago, and I was like, "Oh, I don't think I can stay in my early twenties for too much longer." Yeah, no. Um, I think what is it like twenty to twenty three is early, twenty four to twenty six is mid, and then twenty seven to twenty nine is late. I'm wow. like, oh my god, I'm like in my mid twenties. That's yeah. Is this yeah. what it's supposed to be? Because <laughs> there's no like glitz or glam in this, like. I'm struggling. <laughs> oh, I, I think I, and I think that's that's what it is supposed to be. Um, despite what they try to teach you, despite what they try to tell you. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> what I do want to ask now is kind of like not okay, I'm gonna ask the question as it is, but I'm gonna explain it. So like a couple, couple months ago, I'm looking at the Catch Some Z's Instagram, and I posted a quote from Maya Angelou. It was July 30th, 2020. And the quote is, ask for what you want and be prepared to get it. Um, and when I found that quote, it definitely punched me in my face and knocked me down and spit on me and called me stupid. Because I was like, wow, that is so simple and yet so profound. And my question for you is, or rather, I want you to, I guess, talk about what is like kind of breaking into a space and having it work out incredibly well and incredibly well is relative. You know, I mean, in the sense that what you've said already, that you're doing what you love, you do enjoy, you know, waking up to do your job every day. It doesn't feel like it. You're working with people that you enjoy. Um, but, you know, it wasn't. Hmm. Yes, obviously, like you did what you did go from point A to point B, but like 
it's still very profound. You know, it's for those of you again who don't know, uh, Good Boy is an indie label, um, and most not most times, but historically in the industry, indie labels were. I don't want to say look down on, you know, but they're just not as hot and sexy as the majors um, and don't always have, you know, the same kinds of resources and things like that. But they always do have good quality tunes. But anyway, what's it like breaking into, I guess, a male dominated industry in an unconventional way or taking a non-traditional path and just, again, doing it and feeling the way you feel about it, the way that you've described you feel about it? Oof. Um, oh, I have so many things to say. say them. I I recently had a conversation with one of my friends about like I think that my entire life, like the last twenty-three-ish years, had been so rooted in like academia and mm. um like everything's being everything being like so concrete of like you put in work you get an a you move on to the next assignment you put in work you get an a and so forth and then also with that like comes like that um uh that internship role and um like you know i'm just a student i'm just an intern like i'm just like kind of figuring it out and then like i feel like i kind of had the rug pulled from under me of like, oh, I'm no longer an intern. I am no longer like, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, like unprofessional. Like I'm actually like a music business professional now. Like now I have to like know the things. I have to do the things right. I, I, there's no, there's no room to ask questions, which, you know, this is all the pressure that I'm putting on myself. You know, of course there's room to ask questions. Of course there's room to not understand and make mistakes, et cetera. But like, I think there came like a weird learning curve of like, I can speak in meetings. Like I have the room to voice my opinions because my opinions matter. I'm not just an intern. I'm not just a student like learning, like what I say is going to legitimately be contributed to the overall like product and like the overall um thing that we're doing i think that that was a, a weird a weird thing that like i don't i don't think people talk about it but like that transition of like intern to like professional is a weird thing and i think that um the only way to get over it is like literally like faking it till you make it and like speaking the things that that you want and want to be like into existence of like i am i am strong like i am i i am allowed to voice these things and i'm going to and then you trick yourself into doing it and um yeah i uh does that make does that make sense <laughs> it totally does it's my same method as well so i get it <laughs> it's it's literally faking it till you make it i think you know, you, I don't, okay. So I've kind of talked about this too a little bit and I'm probably going to talk about it a bunch this particular season, but like I have sometimes described the way I like operate in a lot of spaces as me method acting. Um, so yeah, faking it. Method till you acting. Yes. Like <laughs> um, because it's like, like what you said, right. It can be very like 
a, a stark difference between being the student, the pupil, to then being kind of like the adult, the grown up or whatever in the space. Um, and the 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 benefit as well as the drawback, at least of being in a lot of like the corporate environments that I found myself in is like, you really get to see that nobody knows what they're doing. And so it's like, so why am I putting all of this undue pressure on myself when these people yeah, are yeah. objectively operating way worse than I am? And yet they're at these senior levels, they're making all this money, and yet I'm kicking myself because I'm not doing the best that I can I know I can do, but you know, they they're certainly not doing the best that they can do, and yet they don't have a problem with, you know, being shitty. So exactly. exactly. <laughs> I also think that like specifically in entertainment fields, there's like so much like that's kind of like covered up that it, it makes it almost impossible to learn about the industries until you're actually in it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? There's only so much that can be taught in a classroom. And as mentioned previously, like, you know, these these industries move so fast that like you might be have you might have these professors that are like in your classroom who have like 30 years of experience under their belt but like they stopped working 15 years ago and everything that they're teaching you is antiquated like you don't actually know until you're in it and there's no way that you can prepare so like once you're once you're in it and you're like how can i not know these things like how could i not like how can i not be prepared for this this these types of interactions and negotiations and meetings and whatever like it's yeah it's because it's impossible you know what i mean like there's no there's no actual tangible way to do it where you're like oh yeah of course that's how you do it like your internships won't even teach you i've had seven and they didn't prepare me you know what i mean like there, there's literally just no way um but yeah i just i think that there's a lot of um uh a lot of things about the industry that are like gate kept for lack of a better term mm -hmm. <laughs> like these higher professionals higher level senior whatever executives and like senior level positions who like know so much and aren't like there's a lot to be said about mentorship i think that's like a huge thing that like in entertainment that you kind of need like you probably need someone higher up to pull you up with them or else you're never going to learn and you're never going to know. Mm -hmm. um, and like in that same vein of like things being gatekept, like that's how that's so much that's how so many like artists get fucked over is because they don't there's no way for them to like know the information in their contract and like what can be like detrimental and what's unfair and what is fair. And like, how are they supposed to know th those things if like it's not being like communicated or taught or anything? It's like, yeah, and then and then artists sign just these awful contracts. Um, but yeah, you know, you know, a lot of exploitation, whatever. Casual exploitation. Casual, super casual, not a problem, you know, no big deal. It's just predatory deals left and right. Like, what are you gonna do about it? Well, what we're going to do about it is have superheroes like the Cassidy Murphy come in and shake shit up. Like I'm honored. That's literally all I want to do is like change things like so, so badly. Like 
for both for both artists and for industry professionals like there's just a way to to make things right i think mm. um there's a way to make like your work environment like a place that's like healthy and that you want to be there you know there's a yeah. there's a way to like you know respect the creative process and like not just exploit it but like help rather than exploit it, exploit it like facilitate the artist's wants and needs in a way that like makes sense for everyone mm -hmm. but, yeah you know you know i can talk about that kind of thing forever just treating people with kindness and respect and whatever whatever I don't know. Sounds like maybe you should uh, start a podcast or something. You know mm. what? I just might. <laughs> I. You know what? I've seen my friends and I do it, and I think that <laughs> my seeing seeing my friend do it inspires me to know that I am also able to do that kind of thing. You know. And there you have it. There you have it. That's like, that's it. That's it right there. Anchor, by the way, is a great platform. Uh, it. Um, okay, I'm going to circle back to like one thing that you said, and this is going to be our segue into our ending, okay. um, because I think it was really important. And, um, you know, you did, again, you were very transparent about your, you are doing essentially like your dream job and it doesn't have much to do with the fact that it's making you rich. And I'm always going to come from like a money angle because that's something that I, it's, it's important to me. And when I get to therapy, I have like three buckets of things that I want to tackle. And one of them is like my, my, my money issues. Um, but I still think it's super important. You know, a lot of folks probably as a result of our capitalistic system and uh, a nation and a society that emphasizes wealth porn and all these things that it's, that's for a separate topic. But, um, you know, you did say that you're doing things that you enjoy and it's not necessarily because like, you know, you're now rich and famous off of it, but it's because it's something that you care about. Um, and we talked about kind of just kind of following your heart. And so I guess, um, uh, like, I guess, do you have any advice and or, no, no, we're going to frame this better. So let's stop, start over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would you say that part of why, you know, would you say that your fulfillment is coming from the fact that, you know, you're, you're satisfying kind of like your needs internally um, as opposed to, you know, fake stuff that doesn't matter? <laughs> That's that's the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure. I think like, hmm, I think, I, I mean, I mentioned this before that like the industry as a whole, like there is money to be made. And like, I know that. And like, maybe I'll get to that point. And maybe, maybe I won't, you know, like, I, I think that it's like real success again not to be corny but like it, it's it's real it's just really just like satisfaction of like i enjoy the things i do like i love the people i work with i feel like i'm contributing to this like greater thing that makes me feel useful and and beneficial and like i'm i'm happy like maybe it's not money but i mean zanaya also like maybe that's coming from like a place of privilege, you know, I don't, I don't know, mm -hmm. like, like 
my my parents are not like super well off um but they would always be willing to like help me out and like i always have my parents to fall back on if i can't afford rent i know i can always like go like crash with them you know what i mean like mm-hmm. always that that um safety net and um i i'm i i realize that that's just not the reality of the situation for for everyone um right. which sucks but um yeah i mean like I, I mean, I am like independent and self-sufficient, like as much as I can be. Um, but yeah, I as long as I like feel satisfied with the work that I'm doing, then then I'm happy. You know, like it's. I know we live in a capitalistic society, and like money is important, and I totally agree. Um, but it's. I think, I think money like comes and goes, you know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. like, if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. And there's probably some way for you to get it at some point and you'll figure it out. Um, I think that's, that's like kind of the way that I was like raised. Um, Like my, my, I had had a job from a really young age and I always contributed to like um, whatever I could, like my mom, would ask me to like help like pay bills. Like if I have the money, she'd be like, help me pay for your phone bill. You use your phone, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I think I've learned the real, like a value of money, but also like it's whatever it, it, if it comes, it comes, if it doesn't, it doesn't, you figure it out along the way. That was a really long winded way of saying like, do what you want. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Maybe. Did no, that yeah. answer your question? I don't know if it did. <laughs> it does. It does. And 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 again, like I said, I was asking it because, um, you know, I think what was it last season, two seasons ago, I don't know. But one of the arcs was about you know my relationship with money and the different ways that it's kind of manifested. And so, um, kind of circling back to you know what I was saying before about following my heart. Once I started doing that, that's when life started looking a lot better for me. Um, and with that too, you know, money, you know, I've, I've, it's been something that has been, I've had a complicated relationship with for most of my life and it definitely influenced many of my just life decisions and choices about either how much money I could make from this opportunity or how much money it was going to take for me to pursue an opportunity and just things like that. Um, it was, it was the center of a lot of my decisions. And once I kind of decentered it, um, I felt a lot lighter, but also a lot of like, I guess the worries and fears that I used to have were kind of answering or addressing, getting addressed um, just more efficiently, perhaps. It's, yeah. it's it's a process, but you know, I, I definitely did or didn't do things before out of fear of not being able to afford it or not, you know, it costing too much financially. Um, not taking a risk because money was an issue. So, you know, my my love for music and even the entertainment industry was definitely put on pause for a very long time just because I was doing things that were going to make me money. Um, also yeah. out of a necessity, you know, it wasn't just me being like, I want to be a millionaire, rah, rah, rah. No, it was very much like this bill needs to get paid and I just don't have, like you said, okay, yeah, like I didn't have the, the luxury at the time or like the privilege at the time to kind of explore other things. 
Um, and again, this whole season is me coming back to the things that I cared about before life got in the way. Um, right. So it's 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 a journey. And I'm again, like I said, I'm appreciative of you kind of being transparent in in that. But also, I think it's important for folks to understand that while yes, you know, some of us are going to always have things that are on the forefront of our minds and we feel like we can't do other things until whatever that thing is addressed. Um, I think there's also, it can be a challenge, but I think it's definitely important to pursue the things that your heart is going after. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, you know, money or not, or whatever, whatever the, the, the conflict is, whatever the source of tension is, you know, the thing that your heart is longing after is it's going, it's not going to go away. And you may as well do yourself the, the service of pursuing it in any way that you can until right. you can do it in a way that you want to, that's more ideal. And that to me kind of sounds like what you've got going on over there in sunny LA, um, which <laughs> is why I wanted to have you on the show. Oh, Hot well, LA, yeah. I, I'm so glad that I like got to do this. Like this was, this was sick. I also, I also want to like make a point that like, you know, you can you can be working a job that's making a lot of money, but like, what is your like, what is that money gonna like end up going towards? Like, you're probably if you love music, you're probably gonna go spend it on shows and meet and greets and 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 music and CDs and whatever. Like, why don't you just do what makes you happy so you can be closer to those things, right? I don't know. That's that's my take. I think if you can, right? If you can if make you can. it work. If you have the means to do it, then like, and you can make it work, then risk it. Why, why the hell not? Right. Just kind of, just kind of go for it. And you know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you now. And if you and I were having this conversation like two years ago, I'd be like, Cass, shut up. Like, no, how are we supposed to, how, 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 how? You know, and I'm I'm in a better mental place, but admittedly, I'm also in a better financial place. Right. Um, I guess where I can kind of dream this big, but I also now now that I have the comforts, you know, I guess that I didn't have before, I realize that I could have been at least in this same mental space a long ago. But it's 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 a difficult thing to do, and mm -hmm. it, it's 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 hard. It's hard, and I recognize that now that I have the space to explore it, um, and so. You know, like you, I would love to get to a place where I can help other folks kind of realize that there still are things within their control that they can make happen. It doesn't seem like it always, and it's oftentimes a very difficult path, but at the same time, it's often not as difficult as we make it out to be in our heads. Right. And that's what I'm hoping this podcast and this interview and this episode can help people realize and understand. So... Thank you so much for being here, Cass. I feel very pleased to have had you. I feel like we had a really good talk. Um, and to close out, I'm going to, again, ask you some more questions, but these are also questions that I am asking to the audience and I want them to think about as well. But since you are another person here, I'm gonna ask them directly to you. Okay. Um, there's three of them. So I'm gonna ask them, answer them as you feel uh, feel, feel free to answer as many or none of them, um, okay. but for, for everyone involved, you know, think about where you were, I don't know, two years ago, uh, 10 years ago, six months ago, last month, 
um, did you ever think that you would be here where you are? So whatever your here is, for those of you listening, like where you are today versus where you were, whatever time period ago you chose, did you ever think that you would be here? And same for you, Cass, whatever time period ago you want to choose, did you ever think that you would be here where you are today right now? Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, I, I, I think I wanted this, but I, I think maybe like a few years ago, it felt out of reach. So, um, d- like, definitely, definitely no, honestly, like, I didn't think I would be here. I wanted it, but there was no like clear end in sight or like clear path in sight of how to get there. So the fact that I'm here like if I were to go tell my freshman year of college self, like, hey, Cassidy, you're going to start a record label. You're going to go to L.A. You're going to manage artists. You're going to love your life. Like, I'd be like, you're bullshitting me. I don't believe <laughs> you. So honored to be here, but didn't didn't see it happening for myself. You know, OK, I do know. Um, thank you for that. And so for you, as well as as my audience, um, whatever your answer was, I just encourage you to, you know, think about that because where you are now is going to be drastically different in that time period now in the future. Um, and so you're going to look back on where you are today um, in the year 2021. And I really do hope that, you know, you look back on it fondly, but you're also very much pleased with where you are in the future. Yeah. And that's for you too, Cass. Oh, thank you. I hope I hope so too. I hope I <laughs> and think, wow, you did that. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's what I plan to do. I definitely, you know, that's that's where that's the type of time I'm on now. Like I definitely plan to just keep moving forward and always look back on where I was fondly, but still look forward with excitement about what I can do next. Right, right. Yeah. And I think like it's hard to have that perspective of yourself. Like, it's easy to look at other people and say, like, wow, I remember when I met them at this time. Like, look at where they are now. Like, look at how many things that they've accomplished. Like, I'm so proud of them. But, like, I don't know. The real power is, like, finding that pride for yourself and and saying, like, wow, like, I really grew. Like, I'm really proud of myself because I didn't anticipate to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have it in us. We definitely all have it in us. And For sure. It's possible, and we're all going to do great things. And that's all I have to say for this episode. (laughs) Cassidy, thank you again so much for joining me. Um, It was just, no, it was a great pleasure. I am so lucky that you thought of me for this. I'm, like, really honored that you asked me to do this. Aw, shucks. Um... I hope to have you on here again in another capacity, perhaps maybe two years from now, and we'll look back on this. We can episode. look back, yeah, and be yes. like, "Oh, look at that!" Right? Okay, yeah. great. so that's what we'll do. Um, so for now, uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in, and I will see you on the next one. Yay! <laughs> Later, Gator. Later. Thank you once again to Cassidy for joining me on this episode. If you want to connect with Cassidy, please check out the socials on Instagram so you can connect with Cassidy, so you can get caught up with all things Catch Some Z's. 
And until next time, I'll see you all soon.